What a year. 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 You put me in timeout? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the final episode of the 2021 season of the SSFL podcast. We had a big week. We had the Pronley, probably the best Pronley in SSFL history. I would, I would argue that it was actually the greatest game in SSFL history. If you consider the moment and the stakes, what was on the line, and just the, the overall performance by my team. At, uh, at 10.30 in the morning, I was by like halfway through the, the morning games. Um, Sleeper gave me a 92% chance to win. And then Jamar Chase put up 50 points between the second and fourth quarters of that game. And by halfway through the afternoon game, I was at a 1% chance to win. And then DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson put together just uh, like the amount of heart in the performance, honestly, to be able to come back from that kind of deficit. Like Amari Cooper, he had COVID this year. He was hurt. He still pitches in a touchdown in the late afternoon to put me ahead. It was just incredible. So proud of the guys. And on the biggest stage in our league, frankly. Credit where credit is due. Kevin, I think, 100% called that, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. How's, how's that feel, Kevin? Uh, feels all right. I don't know. It's a, it is kind of a relieving feeling to watch football like without having any sort of fan stakes in it. So it was uh, it was a nice few weeks for me because I wasn't really uh, kicking around, but <laughs> just, just watched on the outside. I agree. This last weekend was by far the most enjoyable football weekend for me this season. Like the Eagles are already in the playoffs. So I don't have to worry about that. My garbage fantasy team didn't matter anymore. And just incredible football games all day yesterday. Um, all right. Uh, I guess there's not really anything else to cover about the season. So we could kind of move into our first segment. I've got some awards. Uh, I, I think we just a couple I more think... things about the prawn league quickly here. Um, just you you got to look at the decisions that were made going into the game also. Uh, I've been making bad roster calls all year long. I finally made the right call with my wide receivers and subbed in Darnell Mooney over Michael Pittman for the game. Had I not made that, that call, I would have lost by 0.02 points. Um, wow. Kenny, on the other hand, subbed in Amir Abdullah and subbed out Jamal Williams before the game, as well as subbing in Cole Beasley over, or sorry, so subbing in Firemuth over Tyler Higby. He undoes those two decisions. He wins also. So, you know, you really got to look at those, those last minute calls and how they could have affected things. Real multiverse of madness there with all the different outcomes. Do you um, have anything to say to Kenny? Uh, Kenny and I talked about it. I feel bad for the guy, honestly. I think he deserved a better fate. Uh, like he didn't deserve to take down the Pronley. His team was better than that. But uh, that's the best team in the history. Yeah, I mean, it is the best team I've ever seen or heard of or read about in fantasy football history books. Um, I believe they're going to do a ESPN thirty for thirty on how good that team is. But at the end of the day, um, he just didn't get it done the last three weeks. And actually, I think he absolutely deserved it because. Did he even break? Like, didn't he? He he opened up with a, a game against Kyle where he scored like 46 points. And then he couldn't win with a Jamar Chase 50 burger. So, you know what? You take down the Pronley for that. I, I'm just enjoying the idea of like a 30 for 30 where it's just about to like Ken Burns shots of like a sleeper screen. <laughs> Tragedy struck in week 14. <laughs> dun dun. Kenny with 46 points against Kyle's sad injury ward of a team. 
I think you just found your off-season project there, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would like build it up to be like the turning point of the season was the high school reunion when Kenny said that I have the best team mm. ever to not make playoffs. And it's like from then on, like the locker room just completely collapsed under the pressure. They couldn't handle it. There is dissent amongst the general manager and the coaching staff. Uh, fans were revolting. Rest of the league just use it as bulletin board material. And um yeah, that was the turning point for Kenny's season, for sure. I, I think he's going to hear a lot about that at the draft next year, about that uh, proclamation for his roster. Yeah, so top look. draft 2022, uh, everyone going to Ladysmith, camping on Kenny's front lawn. Oh, oh, man. If Kenny's not coming to the draft, we will be drafting at Kenny's. So he, it's up to him. It's up to him what he wants to do. The ball is in his court. Uh, so... I think we're going to move right on. Uh, I think there's, I, I think something else happened. No, Kevin and I are already done. We, we finished. Yeah. College oh, championship okay. games on. Yeah. Oh, that's it's fine. interesting. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'll just launch right in. It feels great. Um, honestly, it's well-deserved. Uh, it would have been a miscarriage of justice not to have won the championship this year. The team was from start to finish uh, just a true powerhouse um it really brought me a lot of joy as you guys continued to try to put me down and my players down throughout the season um but i could see the fear in your guys's eyes because um you saw my roster and we just really rallied behind that and um really it wasn't that close in the in the final um we just took care of business out there uh felt good we had a good game plan coming up um Bears defense started the morning slate off with a solid 22 points. And really, we never looked back. It was never really in doubt. Um, I like to give a, a especially big kudos to me personally for making that trade um, because the Ezekiel Elliott and Brandon Ayuk, although uh, Elliott didn't do much in the finals, his two touchdowns along with Ayuk's touchdown in the semifinals helped me take uh, Dion on. So that was great play by me because Fournette actually and Evans were out that week so um, just another savvy savvy move and um, yeah what can I say it feels great um, I'm going to be insufferable all off season. I can't wait to see you guys at the draft in person and um, yeah the, the the two title club feels very very good I gotta say um, special class special class and I've never even been to a Prondley either which is also very very good so have you got the trophy from Shar yet? Uh, I'm getting it uh, sometime this week. Yeah, he messaged me. He actually wished me a congratulations. So big ups to Shar for that. What? Yeah. yeah, he's much better, much more of a. I mean, greatness recognizes greatness, and as a previous champ, uh, Kevin, I don't expect you to to understand. <laughs> um, he recognizes that, you know, what, what a great team I had. So one day, Kev. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Well, you. Kevin, if uh, I'm any proof, <laughs> anyone can get there. I don't know, yeah. man. Well, congrats to Tony. I guess uh, after you were a little worried, like week 11, 12, there was some cracks starting to show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every team's got to go through. I mean, we were invincible, right? So really start 9-0 and it wasn't really close. And so whenever you got to you got to go down a little bit of a slump rally the troops um understand that we aren't we aren't uh, unbeatable um and i think that 
in the end was good for us really to go through that kind of adversity. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, let's move on to the fun stuff. Um, so we started with some awards, uh, still workshopping the name for it. So we're just gonna, I think, start with, you know, this is the inaugural year, but this is easily the most prestigious award. This is the Antonio Brown SSFL Man of the Year Award for Outstanding Fantasy Play and Banter. Uh, really just the most prestigious award you could get, you know, a long line of greatness received this award. So our nominees for 2021 for the Antonio Brown SSFL Man of the Year Award for Outstanding Fantasy Play and Banter. First up is Brandon. Good little bit about Adrian Peterson, you know, always just always fun to see him mad. Just just too much fun. Uh, Kevin, mostly Doomer banter, but still banter. And uh, yeah, good luck to him. And Tony, the heel of the SSFL, even if he doesn't know what a heel is, he still is. So are heels uh, winners. Are they just winners? Are those guys who win championships? Is that what it stands for? No. Oh, okay. Just checking because that's what I did. So I just want to make sure. So who does the cast think is going to take it? I was going to say, uh, first off, love the name of the award. It's great. And I think it's something we need to continue forward, especially after that outburst. That's just, yeah. Um, I, I, I really like, uh, I would be voting for Kevin in this case. I think uh, he brought a nice mix of um, banter and um uh, trash talk without uh, maybe being too too annoying which maybe perhaps um, I maybe cross that line a little bit but I don't regret <laughs> it for a, a single moment so you're only saying that because you made fun of my championships at zero but thank you um, I don't know I mean I was going to vote for you but now I'm going to sound like a jag off saying that immediately after you just did um, because it was hilarious and it was annoying but like you got to respect committing to that because if you had at any point burned, I don't think it would not have been a very enjoyable podcast for you. So I do have to respect the way that you were doing it. Appreciate it. If it's worth doing. It's worth overdoing. Words to live by. Eric, anything to add or should we go right on to the, uh, the announcement? Uh, I think um, there were certain points throughout the season where I was starting to feel slightly bad that maybe Maybe Anthony had painted himself into a corner a little bit by being too much of a dick early on and that uh, we were sort of like holding him to that and, you know, continuing to rail on him, even though maybe it wasn't his fault. But the way he's closed it out, I don't feel bad for him anymore. (laughs) So I don't know uh, what the qualifications are for this award, so it's pretty hard to vote for, to be honest. Well, it's just Uh, the most prestigious award in the history of the (laughs) SSFL, you know, a real long line of greatness. Uh, All right. Well... I think uh, Kevin should probably take it home then. He's held it down on the podcast this year. So any any snubs? Anyone that you know the the academy overlooked? I thought Kenny should have been higher up there. He was uh, keeping it keeping it fun and the whole year interacting with the pod. You know, yeah, I would say names. I definitely that was the name that came to mind as well. Snub snub for Kenny. Yeah, like you said, he he wasn't like overtly. Um, doing a lot but he would do like little subtle things like eric said like changing the names of his players and changing his team name and also making that just ludicrous comment at the uh at the high school reunion so but you know what you, you know not everyone can get nominated is what happens every year right if, kenny if you don't like it then take it up with the academy yeah it wouldn't be an academy award show if they don't just get something horribly wrong so all right and the winner is 
Anthony. Oh, another award. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. What a so, response. Um, do you want to have a little acceptance speech? Or, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm honored, honestly. Um, Antonio Brown, although he maybe is not the best personality, he is one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. And um, I think that matches my my performance this year as well. So um, I'm just happy to take home the the uh, well the two awards and hopefully more to come. Honestly, what a year! What a year! <sighs> All right, moving on. We've got the worst drafted team. The nominees are Shar. Uh, I think Brandon had some great points. We'll come back to that. Kyle, some questionable decisions, some bold decisions, and then Mike. That might have just been a spite vote, but uh, <laughs> he, he's there. We only had six responses, so you know the the uh, the margins are tight. Well, the academy is uh, prestigious, and uh, yeah, tight we, we could totally crew, swing right? the vote here. You know, look behind the curtain. Hold on, I'm just going to go and bring up the draft deck because I'm kind of curious. Well, now. I'll go ahead and say that I'm pretty sure that. It, I, I'm not going to vote for Mike because I feel like for the last couple of years, he's been very diligent about using the rankings because he doesn't like the amount of flack he gets when he makes bad decisions. He gets flustered when he has 13 <laughs> people yelling at him. And I'll say that too at the draft. He definitely does because whether he says it or not, he'll sit down and he'll just go, that wasn't a bad pick, right? Like he's worried about your thoughts. So Jeff, um, when I tried to trade him, not tried, when, when I was first offering him Leonard Fournette, he had PTSD from like when he picked him way too early and he was right. He was like, no dude, he sucks. And I'm like, no, he's good this year. Like he's been good. Like I'm not trying to rip you off. He's like, yeah, but that one time I picked him in the third round and everyone got mad at me. He's still like <laughs> thinking about it. It's <laughs> stressful when you go up there and slam a sticker down and everyone kind of starts talking. It's like, Oh no, what have I done? just how broken is this leg? <laughs> I actually don't think his draft was that bad. No, um, I don't think so either. I no. think that's uh, unfair. I actually, <laughs> when I was going through this, I did a little like quick ranking of all the drafts in hindsight, and I'm surprised that I didn't get votes here. Like <laughs> looking back at the draft, I thought I was I ranked myself as the third worst draft. So I think uh, Justin I think didn't he... get any votes. He yeah. drafted two tight ends. <laughs> Eric, I think you got maybe um, a, a, just a, a wee bit of pity because of what happened to Gus Edwards. I think people, I think that's mm. hard to, it's hard to know like how good you're, because, you know, if you look at what the Ravens running backs did this year, if that was, if Gus was even like 70% of that, I think that is a much better draft, right? So it's hard to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big snub on Justin not being in it for sure. Big snub. <laughs> Uh, I think Kyle's probably going to win this award, but I think Shar should win the award. I think Shar okay. should win the award. And Kyle's first three picks, actually, AJ Brown had some injury troubles, but when he was on the field, he was great. Derek Henry is yeah. obviously great. And DeAndre Swift ended up being like an incredible value. So. Right. I agree. I had a hard time when I was doing this trying to decide if I would, how much to knock people for injuries. I feel like, like yeah. if the player yeah, played really. well, but then the injuries didn't work out, it's like, okay, is that different? I don't know. Like, still didn't help their team it's but you can't predict it right so yeah i think like the derrick henry thing ended up working out like pretty well for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so brandon all credit to brandon uh went over shar's draft he took montgomery over mixon and Najee, odell over cup godwin and deontay complete non-factors trey sermon will fuller james white marlon <laughs> mack brian edwards 
He makes a pretty pretty good case for Char. Complete non-factors is a great category. <laughs> <laughs> and so the winner of the uh, award for the worst drafted team is in fact Char. Nice. What? You so, probably, got something right. You can probably go ahead and put that in for next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on the flip side, we've got the best drafted team. The nominees are Dion, Brandon, and Tony. What do you guys think? I think there's. it's obviously Anthony. Yeah, when I did I it, I, I couldn't come up with any reason not to vote for Anthony when I was looking at the thing. Like... I don't know what your process was, but I was kind of looking at like first five rounds and then you'd get like a bump if you managed to pull some sleepers in the last chunk of the draft. And Anthony did both of those things and no one else really did that. So, um, yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's much, you know, use in building up suspense for this or not. So, well, I will say that um, I actually think Brandon's draft was pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to find his, where is he here? Oh, there he is. Um, considering that he lost Calvin Ridley and Raheem Mostert. And I know he said this, I think in the chat um, and still managed to, he still had enough depth with like Samuel, Brennan cooks and, um, and then, well, I guess more in season roster management, but losing two of your top four picks and still having like viable starters is anyway, impressive, but continue and give me the award, please. (laughs) What was he smoking, picking Trey Lance? I mean, uh, that was a pretty popular pick before yeah. the season. I would have done it too. Yeah. I think people thought Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to start all the games, right? Like he would lose his job. Well, the award does go to Tony for the best drafted team. I'm getting tired walking up to the stage to accept all these awards. Um, <laughs> I might just start sending an emissary to accept on my behalf. Um, I will say the sneaky best pick of the draft for me was definitely Leonard Fournette. That guy returned so much value in the eighth round. All right. Other than Cooper Cup, of course, who's just amazing. That feels like that has to be the clear like best pick of the draft to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like it was based on production. It was like the easiest pick of the draft for me when he fell to me. Like that was a no brainer. I mean, I was considering taking him in the third round and then mm-hmm. Odell goes and then Julio by Dion. I mean, Dion can't win just based on the fact that he picked Julio Jones over Cooper Cup, I think. Okay. Moving on, we've got the comeback team of the year. The nominees are Harsh, started strong, had a little bit of a dip there. Kyle, battling through adversity in every every step of the way. And not losing. And not losing. <laughs> and Eric, managing to come back from a nine-game losing streak. Uh, sounds right. And narrowly avoid a very, very bad fate involving <laughs> one and a half liters of Smirnoff Ices and samosas. <laughs> okay, sorry. so are we thinking comeback team of the year is like within the season? Because I was definitely interpreting it like the NFL where it's like you came back from previous bad seasons to to show up here. I think that's the beauty of the SSFL awards is it really is up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, took it at, I took it to be within the season. I think like it's kind of hard to judge year to year just because of you know we're not a dynasty league right so this is why i put the award in the list because i thought as a joke this is obviously me because i'm the only one that came back this year. 
I'm honestly shocked. Their major snub here to James, who ripped off eight up. straight wins to make the playoffs at the uh, after starting what like what did he start like one in six one in five or something one in five yeah, yeah. so that's true. Um, I'll tell you that Harsh did take home the award with four of the six votes, so a pretty oh, okay. convincing W from Harsh. Kind of strange considering he felt like the second strongest team for like most of the season, but the Academy, well, he, uh, he, he had that like four game losing streak after starting four and and then losing McCaffrey. And I think making it to the finals based on that is, is worthy. Yeah. I think that's fair. I would argue there's also a large snub here in that Justin took down the Pronley last year, had the draft that he had and then finished with the like second most points for in the league or whatever. That's a pretty good comeback. That's true. I think he's got to have set the record for most two tight end starts <laughs> in fantasy. All right. Um, next award is best in season team management. Hmm. Uh, speaking of Justin, he's our first nominee here. I think this speaks to that. Um, next up is Kenny. And finally, Harsh. Oh, the Kenny nom. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I can't actually see who voted for who, which we'll get to later. I have a curious. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. I don't know any other, anything else that, any stuff? Is this like, is this like when uh, NFL awards are done just based on the regular season? And so like the playoffs don't matter. So like for Kenny, like the, like the Pronley bracket doesn't matter for him. Is that what (laughs) happened here? You'd have to ask the Academy. Academy is typically pretty tight-lipped about these things, so. Oh, my vote would be for Harsh, I think. Um, mm, yeah. Given what 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 he went through, losing McCaffrey and still making the finals. Although Kevin did um, did roast him a little bit in the middle of the season when he was trying to move McCaffrey, called it poor asset management. I, um, I was just about to say that. But at the end of the day, he ended up holding on to McCaffrey, and actually he came back and played and then got hurt. I don't know, tough situation there, tough sitch. I was looking back at that potential trade recently, and I think it probably would have been a wash. Like, it wouldn't have really changed anything. What was the trade, yes. potential trade again? Uh, I was going to send him Kelsey and Cooper, and he was going to send me uh, McCaffrey and Dalton Schultz or something. And Kelsey kind of fell off a cliff for a couple of weeks there. He had a monster week in week um, 14, but Harsh already won week 14. It wouldn't have changed his thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, McCaffrey would have maybe won me one more game, but didn't really change anything for him i don't think so hmm. probably wouldn't have mattered so the winner for the best in-season team management is harsh i think mostly on the back of yeah round of applause etc um on the back of being able to recover from cmc falling over uh as someone who has had a rb1 her first pick running back die uh i recognize the struggle so. He also lost Waller for a number of games as well, which is tough when you spend up on a tight end and he gets hurt. Yeah, it's tough. All right, now a good one. Uh, most universally disliked franchise in the SSFL. <laughs> the nominees are Dion, Mike, and Tony. I can't believe more than one person got a vote. Yeah. <laughs> I got a vote. Oh, yeah, that was me. I thought so. (laughs) 
I was going to say, it's either you or it's Kenny well, for me pushing this whole best team in the SSFL narrative. I forgot about that, actually. Oh, make yeah. some room in the trophy case, Anthony. <laughs> what a year. This is unbelievable. Yeah, you know what? Just just like the best drafted team, I don't think there's much mystery here. It's uh, Tony by a landslide. Fantastic. Um, How is it by a landslide? Only tell me that hurts a little bit. Tell me it hurts like a little bit. No, it. I mean, that's exactly like, you know, the people at the top are always are always trying like people below us are always trying to put us down and so it's natural it's just a natural reaction that when you see so much success that you're going to hate it it's kind of like I compare myself to the Patriots dynasty in that way where people just didn't like them because they were good and so um yeah I mean what can you do it comes with the territory one day you'll learn Kev probably not also, Dion should have won this award. Come on. Yeah. Dion, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is the unluckiest team of the year. Uh, the nominees are Kenny, you know, best team in the SSFL. Pretty unlucky ending. So, yeah, not much else to say there. Eric, uh, welcome back. Welcome back with the nine-game loss streak. Pretty clear. And Kyle, um, Started, I think, picking up players as late as possible just so that they wouldn't get injured on his bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's. I think there's no other choices here. Like these three are so far ahead of everyone else's. Okay, absolute snub of all snubs. Me to get nominated for this. <laughs> Unbelievable! Are you guys kidding me? You really think you're that unlucky? Yeah. With what? I Brandon had more points than I did by two points. It was brutal. Is that actually true? Yes. More points no for no, no against I don't... against. Oh, Sorry, okay. I, admit, I misspoke. I misspoke. I was like, there's no way you scored nope. that many points. I, sw- I swear, the, no, no, definitely not against the. Uh, I swear, the number of obscure running backs that had two touchdowns on me this year was out of control. <laughs> it, like it was, I kept. You called it Doomer. I'd come on here. I'd say, yeah, this guy's gonna get two touchdowns. Boom, happens. So is what it is. I get it. Remember when Cordero had three touchdowns against you? Nope. <laughs> He's not obscure, though. He's one of the top ten running backs in the league. So. Some other jackass had three touchdowns on me, too. Oh, I got Jonathan Taylor. I had the, the game where he had all five mm. touchdowns. Oh, my God. And all game. I needed to do was get one more win, and I, I would have been in. That's, that's what happens. It's okay. Well, the <laughs> as he rocks back and forth in his chair. <laughs> it's going to be okay. All I'm saying, just... Better been the fourth team on that list. <laughs> Interestingly enough, actually, all three nominees received two votes. Wow. So it came down to the tiebreaker that is the Academy with uh, Kyle taking it home. Congratulations, Kyle, <laughs> on your uh, unluckiest team of the year award. I think that's fitting. I would have had it down between Kyle and Eric. I thought it was close. I don't know what Kenny's doing there. Um, his team was bad from the beginning, so I wouldn't call it unlucky. But Eric lost so many close games. It was actually getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I'm also doing score a lot of points. But yes, I did lose a lot of close games. It's one of those it's a tough sitch. But I think with like the, you know, these awards are narrative driven in a sense. That's how a lot of these awards work. And the narrative that was woven throughout the season of Kyle continually getting players hurt was also not only true, but also entertaining. And so I think for, for his pain, he deserves this award. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on top of the fact that the narrative starting from the beginning of, I'm not going to choose players because that are missed games due to COVID, and then he has the most missed games. <laughs> yeah. 
It is yep. it's some kind of uh, some kind of irony there. All right, the last of the fantasy football related or the last of the fantasy team related awards. We've got the least likely to show up to the draft on September 4th, 2022. That is Saturday, September 4th, 2022, Kenny. I know you're listening. Uh, will be no surprise that the nominees are Kenny, Dion, and then a combination of Kenny and Dion. Uh, I don't think there's any clear snubs here. I think that we should just jump straight in. Does anyone have anything to add to this? For the draft on September twenty, September fourth, two thousand twenty-two. I think the academy got this one bang on. Yeah, the uh, the winner for the most likely do not show up to the draft on September fourth, two thousand twenty-two, is Kenny and Dion. So uh, a joint we'll award. You. Yeah, awesome. they win it together. We'll see you all on Kenny's front lawn, located in Ladysmith, British Columbia, on September fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Just gonna go look where that is. I Just south of Nanaimo. Okay, it's a ferry trip. Ride over. That'd oh, be yeah. fun. You guys should rent a bus and I'll drive over together. Play manhunt on the ferry. <laughs> 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 All right. So we've got a couple um, still fantasy related, but more NFL focused or awards. Uh, starting with the biggest bust of the year. Let's go through the nominees, and then there's some discussion here, I think. Um, first off is the Denver Broncos. Not sure who voted for that, but... <laughs> Love that. Love that nom right there. Uh, next up is CMC, Christian McCaffrey himself. And finally, Allen Robinson. This, the injury thing is interesting. Like, Are they a bust if they just get injured? Yeah, it's a good question because there's sometimes where there's guys that are like known to be injury prone and that's sort of the one knock on them before the season and then it happens and you kind of wonder. This is, I think, more of a thing in fantasy baseball because there's just guys that get injured like crazy in baseball. But uh, I don't know if you call that a bust or not. Like it's When he was on the field, he was the best running back in fantasy football. And so I think it's not like when he's hurt, he's not hurting your team in a sense that he's not like, you're not playing them and then getting like three points. He's just not in your starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot different. Like to me, like Allen Robinson is the clear answer here because you felt, and, and I owned him in another league. And so I feel your pain, Kevin, where for like the first five or six weeks of the season, you felt like you should be starting him. And you're like, well, is Allen Robinson, like they're going to like, he's going to, he should get his targets. Like, like that was the whole thing. He should be so safe. He's like, he's going to get his targets and he's a good player and, and, and he should get some touchdowns. Like it shouldn't matter. And he was just terrible. And I don't know what happened. I know there's actually like a sneaky story that came out um, that he really struggled when he got COVID at some point during the season and he like lost like some weight and like never really got back into game shape. And that, combined with I think he wasn't super motivated this year because he's playing on the franchise tag and I think he was a little pissed about that and so I'm wondering if it was just like a like all of the factors together making the perfect storm where he just like was really bad so the winner for the biggest bust of the fantasy season is Alan Robinson I think you can make an argument for CMC but like the fact that yeah it was injuries and it wasn't just like medium uh, performances. Yeah, I feel like if put there. you're saying CMC is the winner, like you gotta, you, Derek Henry is equally a bust. 
you know, like right. they miss the same number of games and we're both amazing. Otherwise, like it's kind of hard to make that case. Yeah. Next up is the fantasy MVP, most valuable player. Uh, the nominees are Cordero Patterson, best player in the NFL, <laughs> uh, Cooper Cup, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think I'm surprised two... you guys to know I didn't even vote for Cordero Patterson. That was that came from someone else. That's interesting. I mean, there is a case to be made. I like I don't actually hate. I he deserves to be nominated based on the fact that he was a waiver wire pickup. So inherently, like he becomes more valuable mm-hmm. for the team, right? So. I think there's an argument for all three of them, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. you, like, they're all, they all make sense. I'm going to go, I, I'm going to say cop because he's just had such a stupid season that like he'd arguably be the MVP regardless of where he was picked. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's over the top, but I think you guys know what I mean. No, I kind of, I agree. Like not just being biased, but having him on my team was, I mean, the, the guy had a historic season um, and I got him in the fourth round. So to me, yeah, I mean, it was just incredible. And I was, it was funny because, like I uh, watching the 49ers game they needed to win to get into the playoffs this week and no longer cheering for Cooper Cup but having him torch my team over and over again was like so infuriating you're like why don't you just cover this man like oh I you know like can you figure it out but he just is too good so yeah yeah I think I would still make a case for Jonathan Taylor just simply because of the definition of MVP in that I think Anthony, if you had chosen, I don't know, some other receiver, Chris Godwin or something at that point, there's still a decent chance that you'd make the finals win the championship. Whereas if if James didn't have Jonathan Taylor, he probably finishes three and 10 or whatever. So I think from like a pure just value to the team standpoint, he dragged James to a nine game win streak there at one point in the season. So that's very true. That's true. That is a good argument. The award does go to Cup. Oh. It's close. Okay. But, oh God, but you can't take credit for that. Yeah, you don't your award. That. You're not good to get, give us. I am running. It's you. good because I don't have any room in my trophy case right now, but I'm willing to make room for a Cooper Cup trophy. So, um, <laughs> again, we're honored. Um, you know, we really just put him in a, okay, in a so situation on, to next, succeed. The next award is for the worst team to watch on a Monday night sweat. We had, it felt like we had a lot of these. I mean, maybe it was because I was involved in at least one of them but it felt like we had a lot of these monday night sweats in these just god-awful games uh so the nominees are the packers uh the steelers and the saints and eric's team special nod eric's team someone voted for that (laughs) oh that's a shot of kevin's crotch um someone in my crotch I'm I'm surprised that the the Packers nom, I mean, because at least they play. At least they play good football. Um, I assume it's playing against them is the yeah. issue. Like yeah, when they're be. torching you. See, I um, I interpreted this as like you have to watch this game in your Monday night sweats, and it's just terrible. And for me, like I nominated the Steelers, and the Saints would have been second for me because, like, the Steelers played like it was god awful football. And so, like, having to, like, sit there on a Monday night and watch them play and, like, root for, like, their running back was, like, it, it was it was so frustrating to watch. And I hated it. 
So that was why I picked them. But yeah, interesting. I didn't think about like having to watch them, like have Rogers and, and Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams just put up absurd amount of points against you also be an issue. I had the, the Packers defense or I was playing against the Packers defense. No, I must've been playing the Packers defense and just needed them to like, not let people score. Like they got, like, they just did a horrible job. They let the other team march down the field in the fourth quarter. And it was just very upsetting. So I'm a little salty about that. And then the Saints think... defense, two different occasions, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> burned someone on a Monday night, which is also kind of funny. That's what I was going to say is the team that should win this just because of the like ramifications for the league. And the Saints um, are the winners. And that because was hard they, to watch. If they pull it out in either of those two th- situations, Anthony doesn't win the championship. Well, maybe I'll buy Sean Payton a pack of beer or something. Is that true? It is true because the first God. one, Harsh would have got another win, which would have put him in the division lead. Anthony would have had to play in the wildcard round and lost because he didn't score a lot of points that weekend. And uh, Anthony wouldn't have won. And then it happened in the semifinal. So, uh, yeah, Saints. Saints are the worst team. Goddamn Saints. Uh, okay, so, well, first, uh, let's back up a second. In the the wild card round um i scored 97 points okay and so it wasn't like i would have that's not like an auto loss yeah right? that wouldn't have been enough to make it uh it depends on who i played but like um whoever the winner of like harsh beat james with like 90 something points so i'm just saying okay like let's mm, you're actually right yeah you would have beat james that weekend so yeah so i mean it was destiny but um that that game against the dolphins was actually so painful to watch because the dolphins are terrible and don't let their seven game win streak fool you they are not good and the saints with fucking ian book or whatever the guy's name is also terrible and that was just agony it was it was really bad all right next up is uh quarterback of the year uh nominees are justin herbert uh my boy patrick ice and Russell Wilson's other four fingers. How <laughs> was Josh Allen not on this list? Uh, well, actually, there's only five nominees for this one, five <laughs> votes for this one, because someone just gave up on all these ones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I nominated Josh Allen. Oh, uh, well, maybe he didn't submit it then. Hmm. Um, Russ's fingers is not close. <laughs> <laughs> Eric thinks so, I think. I did vote for Russ's other four fingers, yes. <laughs> uh, the winner is Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I mean, he was fair. fun to watch, but like Josh Allen was the clear QB1 on the year by a pretty good margin, actually. So it seems wrong. But... Yeah. We'll take be, it up with the you academy. Can talk to the academy, yeah. Send them, you can angrily tweet at them. This feels like a moonlight situation, if you ask me. But. <laughs> uh, I'm not touching that one. Next up, <laughs> running back of the year. Uh, the nominees are uh, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Corderell Patterson. But oh boy, getting votes. Again, not for me. I voted for Jonathan Taylor. But... Um, Gotta be Taylor. Yeah, it's it's Taylor with a landslide. It is Taylor. Um, but I think those other two guys are worthy nominations. Um, of course you Eckler... do. Well, no. I mean, Eckler is good. But I think Patterson, like... That was like one I hadn't thought of, but I'm totally fine with him getting the nomination. Just, uh, yeah. Greatest Being able to, yeah. yeah, ever. <laughs> but um, it imagine, now imagine this, if Kenny had picked him up, how good, I mean, 
I actually think the universe may have just imploded at that point if you have the best player ever on the best team ever. But can it be the best team ever without the best player ever would be a better question. Yes. Okay. I don't think well, he on- would have made the lineup, though, because he had too many good running backs already. <laughs> yeah, on true. the Patter Patterson thing, Anthony used to ferociously text me about how dumb Matt Nagy was because he was using Cordell Patterson in the backfield. And he would just like, <laughs> it, like, it's like clockwork. It was like every Sunday. And then all of a sudden, it is crazy how that guy turned his career around that like in one season is he like is he Terrell Pryor like is he ever going to do anything again like is he going to be good at all next year someone's going to draft him in the sixth round next year and he will get three touchdowns and 400 total yards (laughs) and and the and the Matt the Matt Nagy thing like the thing is they you you got like David Montgomery and guys back there and also maybe it was just terrible play calls but like it was just like so infuriating. He was totally overthinking himself when he's just like, oh, fourth and one guy is played like four snaps all game. And he like brings him in like the Falcons actually incorporated him on a regular basis into their offense and moved him around. Nagy would just like bring him in to run power one time and then get stuffed and be like, whoa, I'm <laughs> smart. Still employed, though. So good yeah. for Matt Nagy. The winner. Seriously? He didn't get fired today? He did. Oh, he, he did? got fired today. Oh, yep. awesome. Him and Ryan Pace. Oh, fantastic. I'm so proud. Of, I'm so happy for you, Kevin, as a Bears fan. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Seems like a really good dude that seemed like he was kind of over his head, honestly. One coach he, of the year. Well, he sure did. He'll land somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, the winner, the clear winner is Jonathan Taylor. I think just an astounding season. Guy's an animal. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, he's. Are, are we going to talk about like next year's potential draft because i was yeah. just gonna ask the, oh, okay we're getting to that we'll do that okay. next we're okay. almost done uh last second to last one uh wide receiver of the year uh nominees are devo samuel cooper cup and wow nominations in two categories Cordero patterson <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic i just i love this this is awesome um <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, we can talk about it, but the pretty obvious winner here is Cooper Cup. Yeah, as an animal, no one can cover him. I mean, he got the, he's got the triple crown this year, so it's hard to, most receptions, most yards, most TDs, right? So it's hard to, it's not like you're picking like, oh, someone guy had more touchdowns or someone was more consistent, like he was all of those things. Um, so question uh this triple crown thing suddenly in the last week i've been hearing every single sports reporter in the world referring to this receptions yards touchdowns thing as the receiver triple crown like have you ever heard this referred to before or did they just steal it from baseball this year and co-opt it and everyone joined on no i've heard of it before it's just that it has i don't think it's happened in a while okay all right seems like it's just a good uh twitter byline that one person picked up and everyone else that's what I was thinking. Like, it's commonly referred to in baseball. I've just never heard it in football before. So, All right. Our last award to round out the night. Uh, the best team in the history of the SSFL, maybe ever. Uh, the nominees are Kenny. Kenny. And then Kenny. Uh, <laughs> any snubs? Anything we should cover? Or, you know, I is think this one just a clear There was cut? a pretty big snub here and Kenny wasn't nominated. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Academy works in mysterious ways. Sometimes they miss things. Um, so the winner of the best team in the history of the SSFL is Kenny. So congratulations. Thanks for coming, everyone, awesome. to the uh, 2021 SSFL Awards. And Woo. we'll see you in 2022. 
That's fun. That's good. I'm glad we we should continue the awards thing for next year. Well, someone's got to win the most prestigious award in the NF or the SSFL. The no way, man! I'm taking. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend that title, man. The important thing about that award, much like the Walter Payton one, is that it's not actually the most prestigious. It's just considered the most prestigious. They say that every time. Some some may consider it the most prestigious. Um, Eric, you had mentioned that you did some analysis and you know who actually is the best team in SSFL history and who is the worst team in SSFL history. Do you have those results? I do. I have those results. Do we want to look at those now? Can I guess? Yeah, I think we should do that. I'm just I'm going to explain my methodology first, and then I'll get you guys to give some predictions, and then we'll go through. I actually have a top ten for both, but I'll try to fly through them because it's going long already. Wow. Oh my god. No, Reason no, this is the year end pod. Anywhere. Sorry, it's the year end pod. This I'm gonna thing. have to go make another drink at some point. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep it slow then. Uh, the reason I did this is because Anthony, you mentioned a number of times you thought your team was probably the greatest of all time. Um, I will give you a little spoiler. Your name is in the top ten. That's the spoiler. You can interpret that however you want. Not this um, but here's here's how I did this. Okay, so we needed to be able to find a way to compare teams across years. So records don't really work. You know, we've changed number of weeks. We've, you know, seasons are different, whatever. Points four doesn't really work because we've changed scoring systems. We've had different numbers of teams in the league, et cetera. So what I did was I tried to use what they use in baseball for ERA plus, where you like normalize it year over year. So you take the average... Uh, I took the average points for for the year and then essentially compare a team's points for to the average and see how much better they were than the average in their league for a given year. I tried that first. The problem with that that I found was that there were years where there was just like one or two absolutely horrendous teams. And so then you end up with like four teams from 2010 are in the top 10 greatest teams of all time, just because like Zach didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So that's not a great situation like that doesn't work also if you take the full average then the person who has the great team like their score is affecting the average too so i had to pull their score out when i'm calculating them against the other teams in the league effectively so what i ended up doing was i said okay what's the true test of a really good team true test of a really good team is how much better you are than the other really good teams in your year so i took the essentially every year i took the top five teams in the league took their points for got an average of that and then consider what is how much better are you than the average of the top five teams in the league? That's crafty. And I did the same thing for worst teams ever. I took the bottom five teams in the league and then I said, how much worse are you than the bottom five teams in the league? Except in situations where the team itself, I you know, cut it out of the average, yada, yada. But essentially, yeah. In order to be at the top of the best, you have to be so much better than even the other teams that did well. And to be at the bottom of the worst, you have to have been so much worse than even teams that shit the bed. So, okay. Do we want to do best teams first or worst teams first? Worst. 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 Okay. All right. So, uh, obviously, I'm sure you can all guess there's going to be a lot of people on this list who aren't in the league anymore. So, give me some predictions of names of people who are in the league who are going to show up on this list. Shar. There's at least one year where he, like, fucking sold the farm to Dion. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would vote for Shar too. Um... Maybe the year that I had, uh, I'm putting myself up M- here. M- Mike, Mike, I was thinking a, Mike yeah. too. He had an awful year, but it the, seems mean. No, he his team was <laughs> very bad. 
He can handle it. He's a big boy. Um, did Tyler ever have like an absolute dumpster fire of a year? I don't think so. I think I he's think just he been, might like, have. He's never won. Medium. He hasn't won the. He hasn't doesn't have a Bromley though, does he? No, he has that have a Bromley. No, he doesn't. He lost oh, to me yeah. in yeah, 2015. Anthony still hasn't apologized to me for that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. I forgot we did our own uh, Bromley bracket. I was just looking at the NFL history, so I stand corrected. Yeah, I believe at one point you said, I don't know if you're trolling or just delusional. <laughs> I'm not deeply insulting. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're either suggesting I that I would have... Okay, but yeah, see, this is the thing. You're you're insinuating two things. One, that I would have had a probably know about it and then lie about it. Or two, <laughs> that Brendan and you know the history of the league better than me, which is also insulting. So, you know. Well, I'm not all of apologize. us took a couple years off to study the league history. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, getting into this top 10. At number 10, 10th worst team all time is... A team called Dead Team Walking from 2021. Oh, how Kyle's team oh, did not only take 10. 10th, 10th worst all time. He was uh, 6.2% worse than the bottom five teams in the league this year. Uh, didn't take home the Pronley. That's going to be a theme throughout this list, actually. Oh, um, interesting. The ninth worst team, this person's name didn't come up in the prediction, but uh, this team called There Is Always Next Year from 2017, owned by Harsh. Oh, oh. Wow, he did have a stinker. Six oh. and a half percent worse than the bottom five. Go ahead. Uh, legally, I'm not allowed to speak bad about Harsh on the podcast anymore, uh, but I want to <laughs> take it. <laughs> uh, I am, sorry, I kind of, I, me personally, I like to go in at least lay eyes on these rosters and so 2017 were we still on nfl.com then yeah nfl.com yeah that was the last year of nfl i think but um uh okay this wow i'm so glad we switched out nfl.com this website is a nightmare there were two years or two teams that were like just here so i won't get fined or something did mm-hmm. either of those teams show up on the list and do you remember uh... who those who's teams those were one of one of them does show up on the list okay we'll get to that then um oh man 2017 okay here we go he did what was the name there's always next year he ended up in ninth place that is so interesting is this only regular season yeah, I'm only looking at regular season points for because it was way easier to pull those numbers. Yeah, no, and that's also, fair. I don't know that points for beyond the regular season are actually that useful because a lot of teams like stop setting lineups yeah. and whatever. Yeah, so totally it's not fun. really good. But, Jameis yeah. Winston at quarterback with the uh, double Baltimore Ravens duo at running back of Jaforius Allen and Alex Collins. Wow. Uh, run- either of those named John Coon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wide receivers included uh, Dami Amendola on the Patriots, who uh, had a whopping 61 receptions for 659 yards and two touchdowns. That's <laughs> Marvin Jones, who, who actually was the best player. That's a monster year. 1,100 yeah. yards and nine TDs. Yeah. Uh, Jason Witten at tight end. It's okay. And then a Calvin Benjamin sighting when he was on the Bills. Oh, boy. Oh, Eddie Lacy. Oh, my God. He had to have drafted Eddie Lacy quite quite high, I would imagine, right? He was on the Seahawks then. And that was so, like a first rounder, wasn't it? 
I, I am very curious because he went from when they signed him, he was like, everyone thought he was going to be great. And it just turned out he was fat. So. Um, all right. This is only number 10. Let's, let's keep this moving. Here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was number nine. Number eight. Oh, sorry. Number nine. Uh, is from 2011, a team called the comeback. One of the most famous bad teams in the history of the SSFL <laughs> owned, of course, by Greg Finley for those keeping track at home. Also didn't take down a Pronley finished 7% worse. Uh, yeah. Good tighter and, uh, margins. Of course. Yeah, yeah, these are pretty tight. Pretty tight. It gets a little wider as we move on. So I'm going to move to the next one. This is the one we just asked about. I'm here so I won't get fined. Owned by Tyler in 2015. Did take down the Pronley. Oh. Yeah. 10% worse than the other five worst teams in the league that oh, year. That's a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's um, a bad team. Ruben Randall as a wide receiver. <laughs> the Ruben. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, Tyler going back to back here with a team from 2010 that he called Richard Nixon. Also didn't take down a Pronley because we didn't have a Pronley that year. We actually didn't even do a consolation bracket in 2010. So we'll never know what would have happened there. But uh, also about 10% worse than the bottom five teams in the league, which will be actually really impressive once we hear that there's another team from that year that was worse than that so the average <laughs> tyler tyler if you're listening call in what what's the motivation behind richard nixon other than being like the supervillain of the last 50 years like what did he inspire or no i'm talking about ronald reagan yeah i don't know why richard nixon I feel like richard nixon is more evil than ronald reagan but uh... you're wrong but we can come back to that okay uh all right Brendan, you predicted it. Coming in at the fifth worst team of all time is yourself from 2017 with a team called Crips. They're 11% worse than the bottom five teams in the league. I think he had a lot of injuries that year. It's (laughs) worth pointing out that this was post the change to half PPR and you scored less than 1,000 points. I think you're the only one on this list that has done that. Wow. Uh, I mean, you did have you did have JJ Nelson in your flex spot. I mean, I mean, you gotta love twenty nine receptions for five hundred yards. I will be the first to admit that I had some very bad luck, and then I did a dog shit job managing it. Is this the year you lost? Oh, this is the David Johnson year. And Aaron Rodgers went out in like week three or four. He broke his collarbone. Drama queen, right? (laughs) Hey, you know what? I'm uh, I'm better because of it. There's some great names on this roster. CJ Procise, I remember him. Hello. Oh man, that's good. Brendan did take down the Pronley. Second person on this list who has actually taken down the Pronley. Uh, yeah. Fourth all-time worst team is Lewis Pronick with a team called Suck My Vic <laughs> from 2013. A classic. Who could forget? <laughs> he 100%. actually is the worst team. To have ever won the Bronley, uh, with twelve wow. percent worse than every other team. Any bangers on there, Tony? Uh, Jarrett Boykin at <laughs> wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Boykin. I, yeah, no, this is um, wow, unbelievable. Did he own Michael Vick? Is the important he question. does he does have him uh, on his bench to end the season. He also has two defenses and two kickers, so. <laughs> All right. All right. Number three, the highest ranking person on this list who's still in the league is unfortunately, as predicted, Mike with a team called Mike from 2018. (laughs) 
Fuck yeah. That's the first year on Sleeper, right? It's first year, year Brendan no, we won. Last year on NFL. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 12.5% worse than the bottom five teams in the league. Oh my god. <laughs> Three and ten record. Yeah. Um I mean I mean he had Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett on his team who actually had good years too. So the rest of his roster is bad. Isaiah Crowell, Jordan Howard, uh Devontae Parker, who was very, very bad. A Seth Roberts and a Paul Richardson. Boy, that's not good. It sounds like a like high school marching <laughs> band, not a football team. Uh, all right, final two. Any predictions? Who's well, you said they're not in the league anymore. Not in well, the league anymore. It's got to be a Greg team. Kean? Oh yeah. It's not Ethan, right? Ethan's not in this, on this list now. And Mitch won the Pronley twice. He's not on the list, though. Yeah, he's, his teams were never that egregiously bad. Gotta it's got to be. It's, it's got to be Kean or Zach. Oh, Zach. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. exactly right. Kean coming in second worst team ever, 2011, the year that he drafted Mike Vick first round. Uh, and then I can't remember, Vernon Davis second round, my, Miami Dolphins D third round. Uh, <laughs> was he, he the was super duper dude? The dudes? super duper dudes. He was 15% worse than the bottom five teams in the league that year. But did oh. not take down the Pronley. He beat Here's Lewis a name. in the Pronley finals. Here's a name for you. Roy Hillou at running back. You guys remember <laughs> Roy Hillou? Because I do. Hillou? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Vernon Hillou Davis Jr. at tight end. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and a Lance Moore. Uh, remember Lance Moore for the Saints? Everyone's like, ooh, could this be the year? Never was. Lance Moore set. Uh, and of course, as predicted, finally, the worst team ever in SSL history is the Splooge Express from 2010, <laughs> owned by Zach Sarita. 17% worse than the five other worst teams in the league. Wow. Truly outstanding. Hey, you'd Randy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that was wow. Fun. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, sorry, sorry. There's any surprises. Yeah. Sorry, the Mike Mike was the worst who's active, right? Active in the league. Mike has the worst yeah. team. Okay. Yeah, it would go in the league. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't I can't say too many bad things about Mike. I hurt his feelings. Yeah, in terms of actives, it would go Mike, Brendan, Tyler, Tyler, Harsh, Kyle. Tyler has two in the top ten. Eh? That, yeah, oof. he does. Wow, I didn't didn't think he had done that bad. Yeah, with respect to Tyler in 2010, um, I don't think he could have given less fucks about the league. He very much got dragged in by James and I, and just kind of like you know put it together. But and um, and to be fair, the 2010 season we've already established on this podcast, it's it not kind canon. of doesn't count, right? It's right. not yeah, it's not canon exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that other right. Casino Royale James Bond movie that they did, which is like not really part of the James Bond like mm. thing right it was like a separate thing yeah mm. i still can't look at a poker table without my head going all in six million so <laughs> thank you justin <laughs> okay so best teams all time let's get some predictions i know I just, on this list i know justin's whatever i think justin's that was. the winner i've written it down right here just was it 2016 or whatever Peyton manning year no 14 no eon's uh, gotta be on there too Good predictions. Any, um, uh, 
any sneaky predictions? I mean, what's a what's a dark horse team that's going to be on this list? There's one team. Uh, actually, Mitch had are, a, had a super good team the year he won. There are two people who were on the other list who are also on this list. Me. It's got to be the CMC year. No, <laughs> maybe not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reveal. I'm just not like you know. Um, yeah. Well, Tony's team this year has, is probably going to show up. Uh, maybe, maybe I think Eric might have been being clever, and it's the other year that Anthony won that he actually had a better team. Um, but it's probably his name's on there. I think. Uh, I don't know who. Like, I mean, I've, there's no way Greg had a fucking team that was that. Good. There's just no way. Um, maybe Ethan did. Ethan have like a monster year one time. He came like fourth. About harsh. Harsh has won before. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. What will be uh, interesting for this, like much like the Pronley, is who of these did not win a championship, and I find that is um, very interesting mm-hmm. to have like a dominant regular season and not win, which is something that I was terrified of. <laughs> All right, just hit us with them. All right, so this is, I think, the most surprising one on the list. The biggest dark horse here, the tenth best team of all time. In 2019, it was a team called Hooper Troopers, owned by Tyler. Nine and four, got banged out of the division because he lost to Brendan twice and then lost in the wildcard round and no one heard of him again. But he actually was six and a half percent better than the top five teams in the league that year. Was that the original Benny Bull division? Uh, This is 2019, so I don't think so. But no, no. But like this was, yeah, Tyler's best year. He had an incredibly good team. And he just didn't get lucky with seeding and got bounced in the first round. And uh, yeah, you hate to I'm, see try- I'm trying to find uh, the league history on Sleeper. Does anyone know how to? It's yeah, you have to go. Ass. There's like a little gear at the top, league settings, and then there's previous leagues, and then you have to click on the year. Oh my god, it's so much different on the uh, on the desktop. James's yeah, the desktop team does name? not have. Feature parody with the mobile app. Sorry, go ahead, Brendan. Is Scary Terry? He was dating Terry at this point, right? 2019? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's why he named his team Scary Terry, though. She's scary. I think it is. It's spelled like her name. So, you know, it's not like Terry McLaurin or something. Okay. I mean, sure. Um, I got to see who. I got so distracted looking at team names. I don't remember what I was supposed to be looking for. Tyler had. Dak Prescott, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Philip Lindsay, DK huh. Metcalf, Will Fuller, Austin Hooper, Christian Kirk, nicknamed Jewish Kirk, and uh, <laughs> Harrison Butker. And he was going with the nickname Harry Butt even what, back then. Guys was that Metcalf's? Was that Metcalf's rookie year uh, or his second year? Probably. Because he was. Uh, he ended up being like an incredible value for him. He had a huge year. Yeah. I think. Was yeah. his rookie year? He had a lot of monster games that year. Yeah, so. yeah. And Prescott would have been pretty solid as well. Who were his running backs there? Uh, Le'Veon Bell and Philip. Oh. It's hard to tell here though because it's probably just showing running backs at the end of the year. He might have had somebody else earlier in the year that can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Le'Veon Bell would have been good though. Yeah. Shout out Mike O'Toole again for the team name Sexual Deviant. <laughs> I'm liking Mitch's hilling her foals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, good for Tyler. All right, uh, going back to back with 2019 there, actually coming in at number nine is Kenny's team from 2019. Just four points better than Tyler's, uh, finishing also six and a half better than the other top five teams. Um, he did win the league that year. 
Kenny's 2019 team, ninth best team of all time. Uh, all right, number only. Well, so that's actually really interesting. So he's had two of the top ten best teams of all time. <laughs> we know one of them. Spoilers. Kenny famously uh, made it 14 months after that before realizing we had a trophy. <laughs> he won the Pronley that year and he was one of the best teams. Okay, that's fair. Or sorry, not the Pronley, the championship. Championship, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, coming in at number eight, far below expectations is Anthony's team from 2021. Mm. Uh, did my own research. Uh, <laughs> 6.7% better than 68 I'll round you up percent better than the other top five teams in the league. Well, I think so you might be able to have a beef with the fact of how much disparity there was between the bottom five teams and the top five teams this year. The, the way that I did it might hurt you, but you know, that's what I yeah, was going to say. Like if there were two or three or three or four other really good teams, that's going to hurt his score here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Definitely have a gripe, but also probably didn't help that when Eckler had like his 40 point performance, I actually had benched him that week. And so if you're going by points for, um, that I'm sure those 40 points would, uh, would have, would have helped, but, um, that's fine. I mean, the results speak for themselves. I still think it's a, one of the best ever. So what is that? Six? You put me, it was at six or eight. I was eight. Yeah. I mean, that's, Five. that's a snub. You want to talk about a snub. That's a snub. I mean, so interesting. I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Interestingly, considering you were hyping it so much, not even your best team of all time, because your best team of all time comes in at seven with Schrodinger's playoff seating from 2016, <laughs> where you did not win so the mad. But apparently your best team of all time. Yeah, that was a very good team. I, and that's why I was so upset that I didn't win. Because uh, I drafted, I think that was Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott's, um, I want to say his rookie year, and I just reached for him. Um, and he actually was really good. And I uh, got ripped off. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You also had Devonta Freeman that year. Mm. Dante Moncrief and Malcolm Mitchell at wide receiver. I feel like you might have had some injuries. That aren't being <laughs> yeah, that's final, a, uh... I remember really struggling there at wide receiver. Dante Moncrief, that guy tormented my soul for like three straight years. <laughs> okay, uh, coming in number six. All time, Brendan, you predicted you're on the list. The Q4 O's from 2018, your CMC Excuse year. me, that's the Queen 4 offsuit. Oh, I was really confused by that. I must have missed that. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is this? You've so, never heard that story? I have heard the story. It makes sense now. I just I uh, wasn't in the league at the time, so I didn't put it together. Yeah, best part about that, won a bunch of money off Harsh with the Queen 4 offsuit the next hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you won the championship that year uh next one wait wait wait. hold on so you're saying that i have had a better team than tony yes your team that year was better than tony's team this year based based on oh, eric's oh, based oh, on logs. Oh, clear, so much better clear undeniable tony, statistical analysis i'd like to thank the academy for this uh prestigious award uh, i'd like hey. to thank god and my team I actually, after we're done this, I got some statistical analysis for you guys to shove. So um, continue. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Uh, We're moving in. Are we in the top five now? Top five. Yes. Top five. Second worst team to not win a championship ever. 2016 James's team stairway to Evans. Oh, yeah. Was seven and a half percent better than uh, the next best five teams in the league, including Anthony Schrodinger's playoffs again. Mm. I do remember 
he went to the finals that year. He had a very he did. good lost to Mitch mm-hmm. yeah. in the finals that year. Oh, but Antonio yeah, Brown a... went freaking bananas. He had Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, who just had monster years. And T.Y. Hilton. Holy oh, moly. That was, that was peak, like, my boy Eugene, wasn't it? Yeah. 2016? Yeah. And, uh, wow, that's a great team. It's a really good team. And he drafted Doug Martin. And I'm wondering if that was – did he get hurt because he was bad stats? But was that one of those, like – remember, he was, like, amazing and then terrible and amazing and then terrible and amazing. Like, that was Doug Martin's career arc. Wonder if that was one of those years. James mm-hmm. had him the year he popped off, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. I yeah. think he was I really think into. This was the year after that where he drafted him, and then he was just like kind of. On NFL.com, you can actually click on Doug Martin in 2016, and it shows you that he got injured in week two. Ah. I assume, or he got benched in week two and never played again. <laughs> yeah. He had 12 oh. points in week one, two points in week two, and never had another point, from what I can see in the thing that won't scroll past week eight because it's NFL.com, but. You know. And that was DeMarco Murray's huge season, or one mm. of them. The other one came with the Cowboys, but when he was on the Titans, yeah. Yeah, good team. Very good team. 11-2. and two. That's one of the best records, I think. Um, it like is, Just actually, solely looking at records, yeah. Of all the teams on this list, that ties for the best record ever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Coming in at number four, we have the first Dion appearance on the list. His 2012 championship winning Megatron round two. Uh, where he, you know, fleeced harsh for uh, Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson and wrote it to the championship. So, yeah, you can refer back to the previous pod where um, spooky stories with Eric uh, breaks down what happened there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and coming, he actually comes in back to back here and also finishes third on the list with his 2013 Des Nuts. Uh, did not win the championship with that, but uh, was. 9.2% better than the other 12 or the other top five teams in the league. Came second that year. Came second that year, lost to Justin in the finals. Yeah. And then that brings us to Justin from that year, finishing second overall all-time teams, which is actually incredible that both Dion and Justin are on this list from that year. Maybe just there was a big gap after them or something, but uh, yeah, Justin, 13% better than the other five. Oh, so that's his big league that year. Yeah, that's his Peyton year. I'm shocked it's not number. I'm shocked it's not number one, but I think I know who number one is. Is it from the 2010 season? It is from the 2010. It doesn't doesn't count. count. It doesn't count. Brandon, Brandon. sorry, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it is from the 2010 season, and you're right. Brandon's team was 13.3 percent better than all the top five teams in the league. He did win the championship that year. And uh, had a nine and four record. Didn't actually win his division, so you gotta knock him for that. Clearly, Justin's team was better, but uh, yeah, Justin's Aaron, my champion. Aaron Foster had three hundred and twenty-five fantasy points in standard that year. Wow, hmm. sixteen hundred rushing yards, sixteen rushing touchdowns, and then he topped it off with six hundred receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. That's Jeez. incredible. It's a lot of yards. Twenty-two hundred all-purpose yards. That's amazing. Yeah, That's, I thought he had uh, Randy Moss that year, but no, it was Michael Vick and Arian Foster who um, dominated us. Well, and Roddy White and Mike Wallace and, were yeah, pretty solid. And that's true. Oh yeah, Mike Wallace was really good. Yeah, that's right. So that was I think the so thing fast. that you have to mention about this team, though, is that part of the reason why this team was so good is because Michael Vick was the best player in fantasy that year, arguably, 
And the only reason he got Michael Vick is because he lost week one and had the hot, like he had absolutely laid an egg in week one, had the highest waiver priority going into week two and picked up Michael Vick with the number one waiver claim. Like if he doesn't absolutely lay an egg in week one, he doesn't probably win the league. Hmm. So. Oh, so he's got two asterisks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good little look back. Should we look forward now and start talking about 2022? I just, I'm, I just want to throw something out here. If you go to sleeper league history, there's actually a very interesting all time standings thing. Um, and so since we've joined sleeper, I just want to point out that, I am actually number one with the most points for since joining sleeper. And it's actually like a, well, it's a, it's a significant margin uh, with 4,400 points for since we've joined sleeper. Harsh has a slightly better win percentage. He's not even on the podcast anymore. (laughs) Harsh had a slightly better win percentage, but uh, I just want to point that out because I mean, at this point, championships for points for is a small Uh, fraction of our league history. We have a rich and colorful history on (laughs) NFL.com. It is very true. I just like, you know, in the NFL, it's split up in like different eras, right? We talk about like the modern era. So we're in like the sleeper era. And um, I believe I've kind of just dominated. Um, And Kevin's um, man crush, Dion, has actually not, not really had that good of a sleeper reign. So. Anyway, just for what I'm a little bit annoyed actually at how Sleeper's done the history because it gives me an all-time record of way more games than I have played on Sleeper because I think it just like added my record mm. to Ethan's and it's just like a franchise record or something. But yeah, well, it's like when the Rams move from St. Louis to LA, right? Like you carry that history with you. Yeah, it's not consistent though because there's a couple other people on that list that are like, this team doesn't exist anymore type of thing. So, you know, it's weird. Yeah. All right. Well, actually, Eric's in charge of this as well. Do you want to take us through a little 2020 uh, bold predictions? Oh, sure. Uh, Or I can do it. I I thought, no, it's fine. I got this. I thought it would be fun to look ahead to the 2020 SSFL draft and make some little prop bets, some predictions on which players will get drafted where. So I'm looking for, from each of you, I want the first overall pick, the first running back off the board, first wide receiver off the board, quarterback off the board, tight end off the board, and defense off the board, and what pick number that will go at. You uh, can do like round round X pick Y, or you can just give like a you know pick fifty three. Do you want me to write this down? Are you gonna write it down? Uh, I can write it down. Okay, I won't bother then. Okay, so you want first overall pick, and then yeah. the top pick at each position, and where they will get picked. Um, should we do it where we go through each position and ask everyone? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So I think let's, the easiest thing, I think, well, I think it's an interesting conversation actually for next year, but let's start with uh, first overall pick. Who does everybody think is going to go first overall in the SSFL draft next year? Uh, I'm going to go with Derek Henry. Although I think that it's close between all three of them. I think that CMC is easily the best of the three of them but at this point he's too risky he has had too many seasons where he's injured himself do you have inside info that kyle's going to get the first overall pick again no okay let's check i think there's like a lot of i mean well who are you going to pick then i think it's close between jonathan taylor and christian mccaffrey and i think it probably depends on who gets the 101 I think there's still a case to be made for CMC and I think 
as the off season rolls on, he's going to start picking up hype again as he, all those puff pieces come out about how healthy he is. But if I, I'm going to put my money down on Jonathan Taylor just because he was so good and he's young and yeah. Kevin? Yeah, I think it's probably got to be Jonathan Taylor. Um, uh, yeah, that's going to be a hard decision. I mean, the other thing to consider is that who knows what's going to happen in the quarterback room for uh, for Carolina to – I mean, if Deshaun Watson's there sort of thing, like I'm a lot more inclined to think McCaffrey can kind of get back to what he's doing. But if he's got P.J. Walker, I'd probably defer to – That's. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it also also depends on what Derrick Henry looks like in playoffs when he's back here. Because if he's back to dominating, I don't know how you don't take him first overall next year. So actually, I'm going to take I'm going to change my vote. If can I do a contingency? No, I can't. I'll say Henry for uh, to change it. All right, you're going Henry. Yeah. Interesting. I'm surprised there aren't any CNC votes. Or I guess it makes sense. But uh, I think I would go Jonathan Taylor as well. I think it's just. Uh, it's too clear that he was so dominant this year and he's the youngest of those three guys with the least uh, tenure. So it's maybe the least risky of the three. So if you're going up with that first overall pick, you want high upside and you also want low risk. I feel like Jonathan Taylor is pretty safe. Um, I don't think he'll compete. He'll do what he did this year, but I think you can pretty much count on an RB one. So Go next ahead, year seems like one of those years where it's great to be like second, third, fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to pick a solid running back and you don't have to sweat picking the right one. Cause you just pick whichever one falls to you. It was very similar to this year. this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I know. Yeah. I agree. I, but some years it's not like that. Some years like, well, even this year, I think CMC was like, like a good, you know, one Sigma ahead of all the other running backs in uh, at least a lot of the draft rankings I looked at. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think there was, most people felt like, CMC, the only knock against him was injury potential, whereas all the other guys, you could make a case for, you know, there's another running back on the team that's decent, or, you know, they lost, they lost their quarterback, and are they going to be as good at running the ball this year or whatever, whereas CMC was pretty locked in, um, according to most people, except this is the thing. The beauty of this is we don't know who will get the first overall pick, and so anything can happen. All right, so running back, we've already decided. We all think it's first overall, and we think it's either Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think wide receiver is an interesting conversation too. I feel like there's kind of two guys here that could be the first wide receiver picked. Uh, let's go in reverse order. Kevin, what do you think? I'm like, if it's me picking, I'm going to default to Adams because he's just an absolute treat to have. And he's fun to watch. Uh, use it. They use him a ton. And I, I mean, I guess the wild card is where is him slash Rogers going to be next year, but I, I'm pretty convinced they're going to be back together and, nothing that Adams has done or the way that Rogers uses him shows that he's not going to continue to do so. So I will say him. That makes sense. Do you have a, a prediction on where he goes? Wherever my pick is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could see him going like, like fifth. Okay. Makes sense. Anthony, what do you think? You know, it, It'll be interesting because I don't think Cooper Cup will be the first wide receiver off the board. Mm. And um, because it's going to be a whole bunch of cases about how, you know, you can't repeat. So, but you kind of like, 
you feel like he should be right. Like he's proven anyway. So it's just an interesting thing. My gut was also uh, Devonte Adams. Um, I think as the off season wears on, it also depends, like Kevin said, on what happens there in Green Bay. But assuming that everything stays status quo, and I think it will, I think they'll resign there because they had such a great year. And I think as the offseason shakes out, um, it's just going to become like the safest bet as the wide receiver one. Like um, maybe Cooper Cup has more upside, same with Debo, but you're going to have quarterback question marks in Debo. Um, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you, you have like, you know, Chase is like a sophomore and he was also inconsistent. Justin Jefferson, you're going to have quarterback and team issues. Tyreek Hill is never, I think, ever going to be the wide receiver one because he's boomer bust. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to settle on Devontae Adams. And I'll say he actually goes uh, at the seventh seventh pick. I think there'll be a run of running backs. Okay. Brendan, what do you think? Um, I agree with Tony that it's going to be the seventh pick. But I think it's going to be Cup. <laughs> I just, like, I mean like obviously got my own biases but the games that i watched of him like it's just like it seems like just such a free pick so i mean if i'm at seventh and cup is there i'll be i'll like you know i'm probably gonna take him fair enough this is the thing that i think is most interesting about this one is because i think uh the two guys i was thinking of are cup and adams as well and it really matters who is picking and who is looking at wide receiver because there are certain people in our league who are totally happy to say, yeah, I know I'm chasing points from last year. I know there's going to be regression, but I still, you know, I want to, I want to have the chance that Cooper cup just is amazing and does it two years in a row or something like that. Um, and there's other people like I imagine, you know, both of yourselves and like Dion or somebody would probably go Devonte Adams just because it's safer, longer term success kind of thing. Um, so I also think it's going to be Devonte Adams, but I actually think it's going to be a lot higher than you guys think, or not a lot higher, but I think we'll see a wide receiver off the board at four because I think we've established that there's those three running backs that are clearly in the conversation for that first pick. And I don't think there's like a clear, safe fourth running back. Maybe something comes out in the draft. Maybe somebody gets traded. Uh, yeah, sure. I just know it doesn't excite me in the same way as drafting like Devonte Adams there would. Um, uh, like Dalvin Cook, I think finished as like RB11 this year or something like that. So, you know, it's exciting, but it's not uh, like super high up. So it's very uh, interesting. It is very interesting. Whenever someone has a year like Cooper Cup does, it's always fascinating to see, like you said, Eric, who's going to chase that down. You can mm-hmm. make the argument. He's like, okay, so if he has like 80% of that production, he's going to finish as a top five wide receiver. Right, exactly. So, yep. And you will hear people make that exact case. Yep. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, quarterback. Sorry, go ahead, Ren. No, just looking at like you know Tony's favorite subject, wins above replacement. Cooper Cup was like like two wins above replacement higher than any other receiver at the end of the year. No, because any other player. Any other player, yeah. Like it's just like that's just it's absurd. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even if he regresses to the mean a little, like that's still that's a long way to regress to be a good player. Mm-hmm. So that's my final thought on that, at least. Next up, Eric. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just looking at actually where Dalvin Cook finished. 13th or 14th. 13th or 14th. Okay, yeah. So this is the thing. Like, it's not He missed a... some games, right? So mm-hmm. Sure. But, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. When you're drafting for consistency, um, running backs miss more games. What so. do you th- 
What do you think happens to Najee Harris if Pittsburgh gets a different quarterback? Does his value go up? Because, I mean, they're already not passing a lot because Ben's a fucking statue out there. Yeah, but Ben throws so many little dump-offs to him because it's as far as he can throw the ball. <laughs> but, like, what it if was... you get, like, a, a Lamar jackson like, running threat quarterback? Like, I think that almost makes your running backs go up in value. It does, for sure. It does. Running quarterbacks have been known to make their running backs go up in value. But You can thank CMC uh, for my fifth uh, I actually, place. I actually think, um, like, it's going to be an improvement no matter what they do um, because their offense was just so bad this year maybe he like and also the offensive line is terrible so if they can improve that i think that's a bigger issue mm. but um yeah i think Najee and eckler are the two guys you're gonna be looking at with that fourth pick fifth pick in that mm. range so uh but you're right if the if the Steelers go out and they draft like a you know middle of the first round rookie quarterback and that's where they're trotting out week one it's a lot scarier so there's also right. a big um uh i think it would i think it's dion who or someone has a rule in our league that they don't like draft uh, second year running backs. And um, it's just an interesting idea that like, you know, as a rookie and then coming back the second year, a lot of wear on his tires, he's going to play a playoff game now too. The dude has the, like so many touches. And so it's just like, just something to keep in mind. I think there'll be a lot of talk that there's more risk there than, than you might think as the off season wears on. Yeah. They'll play exactly one playoff game. Yeah. Yes. Go Chiefs. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Anyway. All right. Uh, Tony, go first. Quarterback. Who do you think is the first quarterback? I think this one's also an interesting conversation. This one is fascinating. I think I mentioned it a couple of times on the pod throughout that Mahomes used to be the de facto one. And his season this year, he has finished as the number four quarterback. So it's not even like a bad season. And he's not even that far behind josh allen to be honest like it's a pretty tight tight group um so i think it will still be patrick mahomes at the end of the day Mm. um i think i think it just as again like you're gonna get these off-season spins and uh he's just the most talented the offense had a down year and so like you can count on them to hopefully bounce back they didn't really have a down year either they popped off in these last couple weeks they had a down couple of weeks Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. so i i think at the end of the day like if you're if you're reaching for a quarterback you're gonna pick the dude who's like the most talented quarterback in the league who can throw for 50 touchdowns and win mvp kevin i think it's really interesting because i'm i very much have a bias towards running quarterbacks um i just i love their ability to do that the the higher floor to me that's what you have with a quarterback you get completely boned if your quarterback has like three or four points and like josh allen maybe he has done that but it's that doesn't seem likely um i can i don't see why his production wouldn't maintain that like i i actually think he's sneaky not sneaky because he's going to be a top four or five pick next year but like Stefan Diggs could have another like monster year next year too. Um, the other, there's two other wild cards that it's not going to happen, but I could see these guys being ending up as the quarterback one is Justin Herbert, because that guy is a baller and Brandon Staley is going to let him throw the football. And it's very clear that you're getting 18 or 17 games of we're playing football the entire time. Um, and the other one is Joe Burrow. I, I think that Cincinnati is going to be an absolute like handful next year 
and I'm going to try and get as many pieces of that offense as I can. Um, but I think it's Josh Allen. I think Kevin makes a lot of great points. The only thing I want to add to that is that you never bet against Tom Brady. I'm just looking at his stats right now. It's insane. The dude led the league in in uh, passing yards and passing touchdowns. I had no idea. We're talking about Tom Brady, right? Tom now. Brady, Brady, yeah. yeah. 43 touchdowns. And attempts. And attempts. It, yeah, what the? That's insane. How old is he now? I can't even keep track. 43. 73. <laughs> he's 43 or 44. Yeah, I think it's something like that. That's insane. He's 44 because he threw 45. No, he threw... How many he threw touchdowns 43 throw? touchdowns. Maybe is that a thing? Throwing he's, your 40, he's 44 years old. Yeah. They, I saw some graphic about it. That's why. That's insane, yeah. man. But I do agree with you, Kev, that uh, my second vote would be Josh Allen as a co-second. I just, I don't, I think Patrick Mahomes, the name, I think is just going to get There's a lot of buzz. so many quarterbacks next year that are going to score a shitload of points. Like, it's not even just like, oh, we can get like 10. Like, there's going to be like five or six that are just like, monsters above everyone else because like, like, like we haven't even mentioned lamar jackson who's going to be or, coming back or, like, or kyler murray or dak yeah. prescott or aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. or what if i mean memes aside russ went really high last year do you think he's yeah. just like relegated to streaming quarterback he's going to be year? like a value pick and what it's if gonna he, be, mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean what Can't if wait. he gets shipped off to denver <laughs> yeah he's not, no. not gonna happen he's gonna be in seattle next year playing okay. for pete carroll and they're gonna do the same thing so and, and Eric's going to pick him and Metcalf again. And I'm going to pick him and Metcalf. <laughs> I hope they don't do the same thing. Because <laughs> that's that 18th. Yeah. Anyway. It's interesting. I admittedly took Mahomes early last or this year uh, in the second round. And then two more rounds went by before a quarterback went off the board. So Eric's interested in when the first quarterback goes off the board. But I'm actually more interested in when you think the second quarterback goes off the board. Mm. Oh, we didn't give our predictions for when. We haven't done that. I was going to okay. circle back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll start. Uh, I'm going to go Mahomes in the third and then someone else in the fourth. When when did you take him this year, Brendan? We doing Second. rounds or pick? Uh, I, I, I think you should do pick. Like, yeah. At least give me like 17. early third and third, something like I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to do late in the third. Okay. Uh, let's do third and twelfth. Okay. Third and twelfth. <laughs> I can't can't do that kind of math. I'll say Mahomes. I think he's gonna. Uh, someone always. I. Well, our our league is learning. Our league is learning, and so I think he will go. Uh, maybe early fourth. I'm gonna say the first pick of the fourth round. Kevin, twenty first overall. Wow. I agree with Kevin. I think it's Josh Allen, and I actually almost completely agree with Kevin's analysis about the like preseason hype will be there for Stefan Diggs and him to have a huge year. And I also think the bills are going to be one of those teams that picks up one of these free agent wide receivers during the off season. And then you get that like reciprocal hype thing where everyone's like, Oh, the bills signed Allen Robinson. Maybe Allen Robinson will be good this year. And you see Allen Robinson go firing up draft boards. And then the next week, everyone's like, well, the bills wide receiver core is pretty solid. They have Stefan Diggs and Allen Robinson. And we all know we love Allen Robinson. And so then Josh Allen goes firing up the board, and then everyone's like, Allen Robinson's got the best quarterback in the league. Maybe we should move him higher on draft boards. <laughs> Suddenly, Allen Robinson's a fourth-round pick again next year. And so that's why I think Josh Allen will go with the second pick of the second round at 16. Wow. Get real hyped about it and take him there. I will say that my 
pick is assuming that I will draft Mahomes in the third round if he's there and no one else has because <laughs> I'm high on him. So fair enough. I think that there will be a bunch of quarterbacks going higher next year. Maybe not in our league. Maybe I'm not knowing our league, but I think in general, in fantasy football, you're going to see the people that Kevin mentioned of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow being like huge preseason hype bunnies and flying up draft boards. I think there's enough people in our league that kind of just like draft what the like ADP is that like at least one of those quarterbacks will go soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Two more tight end. Brendan. You, who do you think is the first tight end off the board next year? I think it's Kelsey, but I think it's close. And I think it's going to be late, later. I think that I've been the champion of the tight end brigade phrasing. Um, and this year was kind of a regression back to that not being as good. So I'm going to go like Kelsey. Uh, I don't know, 20th. I, I, I mean, I think it's going to be Kelsey as well kind of we're talking about the off-season hype machine there's no exactly the reason we're talking about Mahomes being there at one is the same reason I mean they're intertwined uh, but I think it's going to be super early I think it's going to be like eighth or ninth I'll say ninth so I don't think it's going to be Kelsey and uh, but I do oh. think it depends on what happens in the playoffs I think that's going to change a lot of people's minds he has not been very good to end the season mm-hmm it's not to say that he can't have a big playoffs and then suddenly be the tight end one again in everyone's mind. Um, I think it will be Mark Andrews because he's younger and he's actually proven to be relatively consistent year to year now. Um, and they use him a lot and um, uh, regardless of quarterback and regardless of if it's Kelsey or Andrews, I think the fact that they are so close is actually going to pull them both down the draft board. So the reason Kelsey goes at 10th this year or whatever, when you took him, Eric, was because he was supposed to be so much better than everyone else. And I think now that with that like lingering thought of like, do I spend up on Kelsey when like the person in the second round is just going to pick Mark Andrews and maybe get similar production. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be, I want to say like, uh, like the sixth pick of the second round, kind of like uh, after those top wide receivers start going and you're going to kind of look at, you're going to be staring down like a, like a seventh wide receiver, wide receiver seven or like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. So that's what I'll say. Kevin had his hand up. Are you at all concerned that half the two of his best four games came with Tyler Huntley under center and not Lamar Jackson? No, I, I'm not concerned because he has monster games with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson throws to him. And I think it's more of just like a scheme thing. And I also just think he's younger and I think he's just proven to be the dude's just good at football. So I, I agree. I love Mark. I, I like Mark Andrews a lot. And I would like to throw a prop bet on that, Eric, that whichever one of those jabronis gets drafted first, the next guy is the next pick off the board. That is a great pick. Uh, that's, I yeah. think like the words out of my mouth, Kevin, it's exactly right. Yeah. So like two saying. people are going to be sitting there. Like I'm taking a tight end. I'm just waiting. And then as soon as Kelsey goes like, yeah, I can totally see that. For sure. Whatever smarmy asshole takes Mark Andrews first, you know how much better you'd feel taking Travis Kelsey as the second tight end off the board. That just feels better. Doesn't it? I think and I will say though, totally right though, that like, Kelsey being like the first over like the like easy clear first tight end off the board like made it a lot more appealing to get him and then not have to worry about tight ends for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. it's true I did get burned one year picking um George Kittle over Travis Kelsey um but that was a homer pick and uh (laughs) so 
so did you actually pick Mark Andrews or did you pick I picked Mark Andrews. Andrews. I was yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. And you said where was your twenty? Let's say like yeah, like fifth pick of the second round. Okay, so that would be nineteen. Yeah, yeah. He sure. said sixth the last time. Did I? Uh, okay. we'll, we'll check the tape. I'm making it nineteen because then it's different from yours, right? Yeah. Uh, his price is writing you. Is what's happening there? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't uh, expect anything better. <laughs> I also think it's going to be Mark Andrews, and I think this is my second favorite preseason hype, reciprocal hype thing of the narrative is going to go, oh, man, Mark Andrews is really good. And just think, if Lamar Jackson plays a full season, he'll be really, really good, and then he'll move up draft boards. And then the next week, somebody will go, yeah, he's really good. And also, did you see how good he was with Tyler Huntley? That means that he's, like, quarterback proof, and he'll move up draft boards. And it's like, you can't have both, but people will have both, and he'll move into the I love Eric's cool. average man voice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also, though, think you guys are right that um, kind of just the general performance of highly drafted tight ends this year was disappointing. It's not just Kelsey, but also Darren Waller getting hurt, George Kittle getting hurt. Um, Kyle Pitts was uh, predictably disappointing. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was like, he basically returned value on his position, drafted, you know, people are going to be a little bit more gun shy. And so I think we'll probably see the first tight end come off the board, like second pick of round three, sort of where Darren Waller wow. this year. Okay. I, um, I'm picking like 30th overall as the first tight end. Kevin reminded me that uh, I was really jealous last year that uh, Jay and Brandon and a couple other people had some prop bets on the draft that they hadn't shared. Cause obviously you can't share them or it doesn't work, but I love, love Kevin's bet of the tight ends going like pick, pick back to back. I have another one I want to throw out. I think Kyle Pitts will be the third tight end drafted. I, I wanted to Ooh. talk about that. Um, I, I, this is terrible podcasting, so I can't remember the source, but I read an article the other day that said if it, the tagline was like, if you thought Kyle Pitts was going to be like the best performing rookie tight end of all time, you were correct. If you thought Kyle Pitts was ultimately going to end up being disappointed for where he was drafted, you were also correct. And I think that was really interesting because that was what... like the whole thing coming into the season, right? And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess we're, pretty much right in the middle that's what sorry like not to toot my own horn and but like that well, is you've why never done I, that on the podcast i never I do like that like so, <laughs> anyway. yeah just give me this this one time guys please let me just please one time i was saying that the, the reason kyle pitts will not return value is because in order for him to return value he would have to smash rookie tight end records by like like a 25% margin. And so I think this just proves correct. He broke the tight end receiving record and was disappointing um, because sort he didn't of. score touchdowns. And so, but I think were you drafting him, what he is expecting, like it, it, it wasn't great. And that's not to say that like it was a bad pick per se. And it's not to say that it won't be a better pick next year. I'm just saying like rookie tight ends, you just don't draft them, please. Or someone, please do actually, I won't be. Is this, is this true? He had, 110 targets, 68 receptions for 1,026 yards, and one touchdown catch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why, to wow. play on Eric's average man um, hype train, people are going to say, well, if his touchdowns regress to the mean, his touchdown percentage is going to go up. If he catches seven touchdowns, and he's going to get better, and, and, and. And so he's going to be the third tight end drafted. I uh, also just want to say, Kevin, I appreciate you wanting to hold us to a high standard, but this is the SSFL podcast and you don't need to cite your sources. You can talk to Kenny <laughs> about that. <laughs> there. Well, I mean, you've got all your sources for the Splooge Express or whatever the fucking name was. So I figured they should at least come correct. Yeah, the Splooge Express, known for the highest in journalism standards. 
All right. Finally, I want to get your pick for defense. I don't care where you say it's going to be drafted because that's a crapshoot. The but, box. Uh, which... All right. Sherry R is going to take them in the 10th round. Wait, you want us to the Bucks? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Whoever the experts say is the best defense for that year. Um, Bucks were the highest scoring defense for the year. That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to. What? No, the Dallas Cowboys were by like yeah. Yeah, a fair margin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I managed to screw up there. Yeah, it's going to be Shar. That's that's a pretty easy – that feels like an easy pick. I, All right, I, that's, that'll be the prediction here. It's not actually what pick, it's who does it. Yeah, it's Shar. Yeah. You know. I think it will be um, – the. I think people are just going to splooge over the Dallas Cowboys, even though it's not sustainable what they're doing, like every year with defenses. Um, and I don't oh, fuck it. I think it's going to be Tyler. Okay. Notably, it was Mike that picked the first defense last year. Ah, fuck. That would have been a nice. good pick. Kevin, who did you think the defense was going to be? I think it's going to be the Bills because I think they're going to get a lot of postseason Super Bowl pick. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen now, but that team's buzzsaw and they get to play the Jets twice. Fair enough. That's actually a good point, the Jets twice thing. I was also going to say Cowboys, but just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go uh, Miami Dolphins. We'll get a whole bunch of preseason Ooh. hype with a new coach, and they'll Again. somehow end up sneaking in as the somebody who'll get cute in like the ninth round and pick the Dolphins first because they're going to you know, be great. So, uh, who's going to get cute? Uh, Harsh is going to get cute. That's my prediction. I like that. All right. That's all I got. Thanks we're not going to do kickers. Exercise. Uh, I. I'm assuming we're going to abolish them before next year. <laughs> yeah, that's the attitude. That's what I'm talking about. Ethan was a no voter, so uh, we'll see. I do want to um, – maybe that'll be a good preseason episode to go through all of the talking points for the like changes to the league and things that came up last year. I kind of wanted to do them while they were like fresh, but like we're already at like – an, or two hours so you know maybe time tyler's got to really pee at this point <laughs> he's been sitting in his car idling for like 30 you can minutes, pause like... tyler we have the technology <laughs> why don't we why don't we try and um get people to submit some things like that and then maybe we could do a shorter one either before or after the super bowl because i'm idea. sure there'll be some interesting football that goes on in the next month or so yeah sure. okay yeah we could look Sounds into great. that cool well, also thanks just for coming. Calling out to the calling out to the league. I will be putting together a March Madness bracket this year, uh, which will be our competition for the draft order, unless someone else comes up with a better idea and is willing to organize it. No, hundred percent. Eric, I like that idea. Okay. Oh, then we're gonna know so early. I love that. That's oh, fun. that's so. You can do all your mock drafts all summer with that pick. Oh boy! <laughs> all those worthless mock drafts. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I had people, I was mock drafting Kelsey at like uh, seven and like 11 and had people like raging. Oh, my whole mock draft is ruined. And then he went on the board, off the board at 10 in ours. And I felt so vindicated. Well, a lot of those people were going to be in for a big surprise in their drafts. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. What a bunch of morons. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming. We'll see you in 2022. And uh, yeah. See you later, guys.